Getting proper mental health care can help you feel more like you. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, depression, insomnia, stress, grief, big life changes, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can use your FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Quick Stop F1 podcast. My name is Nyasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me on my own. The time is currently 12.07 on Wednesday, the 20th of April morning. Um, and I'm on my own. No Tandy. Fear not. Fear not, guys. <laughs> Nothing bad has happened. Um, I'm just going to do... You know what? We committed to doing a pod a week, right? And... um. For for one reason or another, essentially, I am a loser, right? I've got all the time in the world. I finish work. I'm, I don't do anything. Tandy has a lot of things that she does. She is a journalist. She she does all kinds of stuff. She makes content. She, does, she has a whole life. She has like a life that she has to live. So sometimes she can't do non-race days, which is fine. So... I had planned a guest to kind of join me in the same way we had Sean the other day. And he, oh, that guest unfortunately dropped out last minute yesterday, well, Monday. And it kind of left me. I was like, oh, I can't do one on my own. I was like, the fans won't mind. Listeners won't mind. Uh, Turns out you guys do mind. And you know what? It's true. If we're going to become a platform, if we're going to become a product that people know and love we need to be in your inbox tuesday morning every tuesday morning without fail no matter what happens someone needs to talk into a microphone so i'll say you know what let's get you lot to send in some questions right so i asked you lot to send in some questions of like f1 questions that that i will answer so this is going to be ask nyasha at some point, we'll do an Ask Tandy. And then at some point, maybe we'll get Tommy on and do like an Ask Tommy. And, and, you know, we'll just keep it going. But for now, we're going to do an Ask Nyasha. Before we get into that, obviously, thank you for watching. If you're watching this, please give the video a like. Please subscribe to us. We're not growing on YouTube as fast as we were. Let's get that growth back. So let's get the likes going. Let's get the uh, subscriptions going. Thank you so much to everyone who is. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, Like the podcast on Spotify. Follow us on Spotify. Leave a five-star review. If you're on Apple, leave a review. That would be awesome. We need to get back to reading the reviews because they do make a difference. We've gone from all your Apple reviews have taken us from having like around a 50-50 split between Spotify and Apple to now I think like 60% of uh, all our listeners are based on Apple now. Can you believe it? That is incredible. So thank you so much for the Apple reviews. It's really helping. Right. I have been asked a series of questions. Well, Quickstop F1 were asked a series of questions, right? I... What I should have done was pick them out, order them out, and then I would just basically do it. So maybe it started off silly and we got serious, or maybe we, whatever. But uh, there were. But what I'm going to do is just randomly choose. I've I've basically taken most of the questions and put them into tabs, and I don't know what each tab is. Right, so. Other than this first tab, which I can currently see right now. So I'm just going to randomly choose a tab each time and then we'll go from there. But thank you, everyone, who answered, who asked us questions. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. These are my answers to your questions. Sick. At Amy M. Kin, you have asked three questions. One, two, three, four, five questions. 
I'm not answering all of those questions. However, one question you asked was, which three past races would you tell someone new to the sport to watch? I would say, really, uh, really good question. For entertainment's sake, I would say... Just like entertaining races, right? What races? What race is always a banger? The races that are always bangers are Bahrain, Brazil, and wait, does this mean on the current calendar? Would you tell someone? Oh, past races. I can't even read the question properly. Right, past races to watch: Brazil two thousand and twenty-one, for obvious reasons. Like, incredible race. Um, I would say... God. Good races. Three pass... I mean, three pass... Obviously, I'm a Hamilton fan, so... I'm not going to lie. I do love me some Monza 2018, right? Just Lewis going into Ferrari's back garden. Bullying Vettel at the start. Bullying Raikkonen. I just... And winning... And uh, I just think that was incredible. So, uh, and I think 2018, back end of 2018, is Lewis's best form. I think after the summer break, I thought that was incredible personally. So I think that's great. And you know, let's do a non-Lewis one. Brazil 2012, uh, I think Vettel spinning and... Uh, he has to finish in a certain position to win the title. I can't remember. And he spun and he's facing the, the like the wrong way round on lap one and he comes back to win it. And fair play because it is a really good race. And off the top of my head. So Brazil 2012, Monza 2018 and Brazil 2021. I know there's so many other races and I should have prepared, but sorry. This is a drink, but I'm just drinking literally the worst drink pepsi why am i drinking pepsi i don't know um but thank you amy for that question i appreciate that along the same lines the next random one this is by uh it's j c44 now jamie if you guys know jamie jamie is an incredible artist make sure you go follow i might put his details in the description you might remember the um the fan cam I did where I was talking about Lewis being away and it's like when the hyenas took over the pride lands and then at the end it's like the King Kunta bit and it's uh, a picture of Lewis on his throne and Jamie did that picture and it is an incredible picture. And he does so many cool um, Team LH-inspired illustrations, and they're incredible. So go and follow Jamie. But Jamie asks, and it's on the same kind of vein, so I like that I picked this out. If you could have attended any race in F1, F1 history, what one would it have been? If I could have attended a race, I can't say Brazil again, can I? Because... It was so special, right? We're all just like, I don't, I'm going to actually have to say Brazil 2021, right? And the reason is, look, we went into, I think people need to remember what Brazil is coming off the back of. Brazil came off the back of an American Grand Prix where Mercedes were probably faster and whether it's through strategy or through whatever, right? They lost that race and it hurt. And it felt like, okay, well, that's bad. Okay, Mexico, we're probably not going to win because we're not strong around there. And then Mexico, we get pole position. And then, well, Bottas does. Hamilton gets second, Max is third. You're right, okay, all we've got to do, essentially, is get off the line and then hold positions, right? Bottas can let Hamilton through at some point and then we can manage the race from there, right? Bottas can manage the pace and then whatever. That doesn't happen. 
and we all know what happened with Bottas there. And I think that was a scene of Tandy's infamous stepson rant. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then we go to Brazil. And we're in qualifying. And Lewis Hammond gets disqualified from qualifying for the most Fugazi rear wing structure failure. I think it was a, was it? Not, it was like 0.4 of a millimeter, a hair's width. So we're already thinking, fuck. Like, if he doesn't win these next four races, we're not going to win the title. Simple as. That was the mathematical situation that we went into Brazil 2021 with. If Lewis does not win all of these races, he's fucked. And then Brazil qualifying, he gets disqualified. Can you believe that? Like, but the support he had there. I, I mean, it's rare. How many occasions can you say that you would look in a screen and you can feel the love? You can feel the energy. There's a synergy between sportsmen and, and crowd, which is unparalleled. I, I mean, I, look, I watch a lot of sporting events. I, I can't say I've watched anything like the support Lewis got at Brazil with the purple flares and the noise. And you could just hear every time he was on screen, just the roars. And you knew those roars were for him. Also, again, context for other races. Lewis was getting booed in Texas. Lewis never got booed in Texas. And I think that was like a sign of these new fans coming into the sport. You know, Verstappen fans or just anyone but Lewis fans. And, it, you know, that was weird. And obviously, Mexico, they're going to boo him because you know, Checo and all of that. I mean, it, it was. Uh, to see him get that love in a season where all he got. Apart from online and in, you know, Silverstone and, you know, rare occasions. But mostly he was getting booed at racetracks. He was getting slaughtered off the track. You know, we're talking about racist abuse off the track. We're talking about, I think that weekend, I think, didn't, maybe it was a different weekend. Didn't Jos Verstappen talk about, I think it was after, but Jos Verstappen spoke about he was being handed performance enhancing drugs. What? We're talking about Red Bull insinuating that he punted Max off in Silverstone on purpose. All of these things that Lewis has had to deal with, it was just so refreshing to see him get unadulterated love, respect, and and I I think just to have been there would have been some life affirming stuff, honestly. And um, I've got to go to Brazil before he retires. I've got to go. I've I've really got to go. So, yeah. Thanks for that question, Jamie. Because it's just incredible. Everything that led into that weekend and everything. And obviously the performance. Oh, my God. I forgot. I'm going to. Are you mad? Huh? We're talking about. 25 places gained over two races. You remember when he was booing Max, huh? Don't piss me off, bro. What a guy. So thank you for that question, Jamie. That was awesome. Much appreciated. Right, random question. Random question, random question. I like this question. How long will Aston be allowed to keep flopping before Lawrence Strulovich pulls the plug? <laughs> Wait, Aston Martin are fucking shit. <laughs> Hold that. Hold that. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> like, I don't, you know what? Yeah. Let me tell you right now. Let me tell you right now. It couldn't happen to a better bunch of fans than Vettel fans. I'm sorry. I actually, Vettel fans are so bad that they made me, they make me feel bad for, for Lance Stroll fans. Who are pretty insignificant in, in the grand scheme of F1 fandom. But I look at that, I'm like, man, your fans are having to deal with this guy's fans. Man, Lawrence Stroll, what's been the bigger waste of money? The teleprompter that they had at the launch or Sebastian Vell? Answers on a postcard. Because both of them are making my eyes hurt watching them in action. I can't... <laughs> how... The crazy thing is, it's crazy how God works, yeah? Checo, Checo's there. End of 2020. And he's like, I've just busted you, man. Out of, like... Sure, you man wouldn't even have a job. Hey, Christmas, what are you buying your kid? I hope it's a Checo toy. What does Checo have in Mexico? He must have bare branded stuff. That's what they should be buying my guy, their kids. Some kind of Checo brand and say, hey, see this turkey? See this dry ass turkey that's on the table right now? Thank Checo for that. Because if it weren't for him, this, this that, that team was kaput, finished. Lauren Stroll comes in, takes over the team, ditches Checo for Sebastian Vettel, who had just finished a season and a half of absolute misery at Ferrari, bottling two championships, having his arse handed to him by someone in his second season, in, in and... And, you're, and that's the guy that he goes, oh, you know what, yeah, I'm looking at my team right now. I want someone that's going to lead this team to glory. I want someone with the fire in their belly. I need someone who's on job. Who on the grid right now is in form? Who can I spend multiple millions of pounds on as the crutch for my team? This guy chose Sebastian Vettel, you know. Sebastian Vettel. Fair play. Rather you than me, brother. I don't know. He's going to keep pouring money into that team until um, until it works. And you know the phrase, if you throw enough shit at the wall, at some point it'll stick. And... Um, I don't doubt at some point they've just got to come good, right? Um, but it's been a madness. And it's crazy. Like, when they were a small plucky team and they copied Mercedes, everything was fine. They tried to then go, oh, yeah. And then last year, they get done over by the rake adjustment regulations. But then also that's what happens when, you know, you copy someone else's car that you probably don't fully understand it and then new regulations come in and you don't know how to fix it. And then 2022, it's bad. It's so bad. But they've not finished their factory and they've, you know, they've got all these staff and nowhere to put them. And, um, but do I think that, yeah, they will get better. They will get better. And I don't think he'll ever stop putting money into it because, you know, I think the numbers show that Aston Martin, you know, as a road car division is doing well. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. That was, oh, sorry, I need to say that was from Dr. Hank McCoy at DavyBG19. I need to make note of what order I'm doing these questions in so I can put them on the YouTube. Smart. Right. Next question. I hope you guys are enjoying this because I'm feeling very naked out here. 
And I th- I'm sorry, I didn't want to put that imagery in your head, but it's just, I'm on my own right now. And like, you know, when we do the live streams, at least like, I can see, I can see people, but I'm literally just talking into my microphone on my own. And I hope that this is enjoyable. And if it is enjoyable, leave us a review, like the video, subscribe, all of them things there. Right. Next question was from Tandy. What's my favorite color? One unserious person. Couldn't even go on a burner and just fucking give me a question. Tandy, what I do want to say about Tandy yeah, is what did someone ask me the other day? Someone was like, um, they were asking and essentially saying, you know, why did you choose Tandy to do the podcast with? Or how did you guys kind of get to start the podcast, right? I think we've spoken about it before. Long story short, we used to talk on Twitter. Whenever I used to tweet about Formula 1, she would reply. And, you know, I was like, there's not that many people who you can talk to about. Before you were on F1 Twitter, yeah? Let me tell you right now. We've all been there, yeah? Before you were on F1 Twitter, when you tweet about F1, it's like tweeting into a chasm of emptiness. Your followers, you almost feel as if your followers hate you for tweeting about F1. It's like, why is this prick talking about F1? Like, no one cares. I, I'll be tweeting out. I'll be like, hello, 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 hello. No one's replying. So when someone is replying to you, like, oh my God, like, fuck. And it was cool. Tandy would always reply. So, you know, I kind of, I asked her to, uh, to do the podcast with, with me. And she said yes. And I'm, I'm so happy she did because some things are meant to be, right? Some things are just meant to be. And, I don't know. I think it's just testament to just doing things, right? If you have something that you're passionate about, or if there's something that you want to do, just, like, literally just do it. Because I just wanted someone to talk to F1 about, and I just wanted somewhere where I could talk about F1, and I could have something tangible to say, you know what, this is what I said. This is my opinion on F1. I couldn't see anywhere where my opinion was being reciprocated. I was like, you know what, I need to get these things out. Like, it was like, it was actually, every race weekend, I'll just be doing these tweets. No one gives a fuck. I didn't even know if one Twitter existed. And then... And then, you know, me and Tandy started the podcast and it's just grown into this like beautiful thing, right? But it's not by design. Tandy could have been the driest person in the world and then I would have been stuck with someone dry. And then if it, if it didn't work out, if, if there was no synergy there, like one of us would have had to go, oh, this isn't right. But it works because we're actually, it works so well. And I wouldn't want to do this podcast with anyone else. And if I hadn't just asked her, then we wouldn't be in this situation. And the worst that could have happened was Tanya would have gone, no, I'm far too cool for you. I'm not going to do that. But she didn't. And we have this thing now, which thousands of you listening to listen to every month. Um, it's incredible. 44 different countries people listen to us in like it's just it's it's mental and it all started from me just asking someone to do a podcast with me and if you want to do something just do it just go for it and don't let people tell you you can't do something yeah people project their fear onto you so when you say hey you know what i think i'm gonna start an F1 podcast, or I think I'm going to start writing about F1, or I think I'm going to make F1 merch. I'm going to fucking go to an F1 race. I'm going to, and people are like, oh, really? F1? Really? Does anyone like F1? Oh, I didn't know you liked F1. Oh, what's F1? 
People try to put you down and people try to project their fear onto you because they don't know about this thing. They don't know what the, the capabilities that you have. Don't let people's fear stop you from doing stuff. Don't let people's, like, bad money. You know, people might be on Twitter. You might see people just chatting shit. And it might trigger you. It might hurt you. Fuck them, man. People call us all kinds of nasty stuff. And sometimes I just want to chuck it in. And then sometimes, you know what? I'm going to carry on. And you should carry on too. Now, I don't know what that rant was about. But sometimes, you know, you just got a rant. And I hope you enjoyed that. So thank you, Tandy, for that question. And thank you for doing this podcast with me. I hope you're okay. I will see you on Monday. I love this next question. So, from Lewis's Smolder at Rush underscore C, underscore C, which F1 scandal do you wish happened in the DTS era so we could get all the juicy behind the scenes? Oh. I think the 2007 season, if that was on DTS, if that was on Drive to Survive, like we just had the 2007 season, right? Lewis Hamilton coming into the sport. Fernando Alonso teammate. We've got all of the stuff that's happened between them. Spygate. Hungry. Whatever backhand dealings Ron Dennis has had to do. Why the fuck did they keep Lewis out on bull tyres in China? Kimi Raikkonen winning Ferrari's last championship in 2007. In the last race. All these other stories. No, that wasn't that season. Like, I just think that's incredible. Imagine F1 Twitter during the 2007 season with Team LH and Alonso fans. Do you know how much racist abuse we'd be getting from Alonso fans in 2007? This is before, like... All the stuff that's happened really. This is when you could just be racist and no one give a fuck. Man. They are man. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. But, yeah. No, 2007 season is what I would say. I, I reckon 2007 season, behind the scenes, just follow McLaren, to be honest. I just, just follow McLaren. I don't give a fuck what's going on in the rest of the field. Just follow McLaren. The whole time. I reckon that would just be incredible. So, yeah, 2007. I love that answer. I love that question. That answer, I hope, was okay. But that question, specifically, I really enjoyed. Right. At this point, I'm going to go put in some adverts. So, you're going to hear some adverts from our sponsors. Thank you very much, guys. See you after the adverts. Finding high-quality mental health care can be daunting and exhausting. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, depression, insomnia, stress, grief, big life changes, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can now use FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. We're back! (laughs) That is so weird. It's mad. We have so many listeners that I don't even have to ask for adverts. They just put adverts on. That's crazy. I like, you don't understand. You don't even understand. It just, it makes me so proud of our community. It's just, it's just incredible. Incredible. Right. Next question. Amelia, one of my favourite accounts. Can't wait to have her on the show. Formula Amelia. It's a really good question because I'm very passionate about this. How do we make mainstream produced media and content fun for young audiences that appeals to all without making drivers hate doing media? How do we make fun F1 whilst not sacrificing our values? That is an incredible question. 
Look, if I had the answer to that, I'd probably be making a lot of money, right? And I think some people would say, hey, Sky Sports need to embrace um, content creators and those content creators need to be on Sky and then that'd be awesome. But, you know, Sky F1 had Tomo F1 on and... Basically, I watched the first episode. They had him doing a section where he was basically ranking liveries. So they got Tomo on to do the content that he has already done on his YouTube. And they were like, do this with us. And it was the driest 20 minutes of my fucking life. And I was like, Tomo's on here getting about what? 10% 10% of the views that he would normally get. And they're doing his content and it's not even creative. What F1 needs, personally, personally, F1 needs more. I think F1 needs a diversity, right? We have got to get some diversity in these production rooms. And I'm not even talking about, of course, color sex, gender, all of those things there, right? Let's just, and especially younger people in there, right? But we need in F1 to have diversity of like culture. Like, do you know what I mean? We need to be able to draw from different types of culture. And they need to be... So, for example, right? Football. There's things that they can take from football that would work, right? I think that would work. But F1 is so stuffy and it's so up itself that they would never... For example... I'm trying to think. Any Driven Monday is trying to be this show that is for younger people. But the production team are clearly the same production team behind Sky F1. So all it is is like behind like the main show. So all it is is like a Sky Sports F1 show light. But what they need to do is like football does um, with like Soccer AM, for example, or like uh, football does with, uh, they have like another morning show is there needs to be like more energy and fun put into things and investment put into things where you have uh, like segments, which are actually like where young people are involved, but it's more than just, um, I don't know, let's rank this thing. Give us your top 10 Carlos science moments or whatever. Like, and I, I'm probably rambling here, but what I'm trying to say is let's try and draw from what, other cultures are doing to draw in younger audiences and apply to apply to F1. The yoink and twist. If you're ever doing anything, someone else is doing it well. Do what they're doing. Make it different for yourself. That's what F1 needs to do. Let's not reinvent the wheel here. There's youth culture and publications all over the world. What are they doing well? How do we embrace that? They need to embrace younger people uh, in all levels of media and with regards to doing it on f1 day i think people enjoy content with drive and will buxton said this on the uh, missed apex podcast will buxton said the best interviews with the drivers where you're not even talking about f1 right that's what they need to do they get these and, and so they know but it's like they get these drivers on and they're like hey right we're gonna get you to uh fucking dress each other up in fucking ponchos and because we're messing you know, and like no like let's go like carlos science let's sit down with him let him take us to some like mad spanish restaurant let's just talk to him about life let's find out about carlos science let's show him some of the thirst tweets and be like what do you think of that let's let's show him like you know let's talk to him about his dad let's talk to him about stuff outside of formula one and let's get to know these people that's what people want because that's what drive to survive is shown is it's not 
the racing that is the forefront of people's minds. It is the personalities. Let's get to the driver's personalities. You're not going to get that. Like, that's such a 90s way of thinking. That's like some Funhouse shit. For those of you who don't know, Funhouse was a kid show. They just they used to do mad shit. There was a little go-kart bit in it. But it was just like, you can't manufacture fun. I think those days are over. The days of manufacturing fun are over. Let's get to the heart of the drivers. Let's let young people and, and talented people be at the front of like interviewing and producing this content. Just Let's just have a bit of a changing of the guard, but it's going to take time. I don't have all the answers, but I just think let's get to the core of the drivers' personalities and let's, bruv, yassification of MS1. Get these geezers' tops off now immediately more half naked f1 drivers i'm gonna give myself a gunshot for that that's all we need you see how that shit goes off bro i did a video of lewis hamilton adjusting his cock getting into a car and that's done better than most publications like bro i'm just lying by the way that sounds a bit mad but I took a video of Lewis getting into his car and he adjusted himself and I put it up on during testing and it went crazy. And I'm not saying that I would normally do stuff like that. I found it funny. I knew that people would react to it. I didn't think they react to it that much. But look, yes, girls watch F1 and boys and everyone in between watch F1 because some of these drivers are very attractive. That is fine. They also like racing. Some of the men don't even like racing. But anyway, look, thanks Amelia for that question. Long and short of it, just show us your meat, guys. Show us your meat. Show. I'm joking. Um, Farinho underscore 10 says, if you were Liberty Media, what changes would you make that would in turn make the sport more accessible and welcoming for people who wouldn't ordinarily have the opportunity to engage with sport digitally, but also things like going to race weekends? It's a really, really cool question because it kind of te- tees into what I think Quick Stop F1 it's going to be, right? So I'll tell you what I want to do and maybe how that might tie into it. But for me, I want Quick Step F1 to be able to go um, into physical races, right? And I want us to be able to have our own kind of campsite at races and I want us to be able to be a hub where black F1 fans all over the world know that if they go to the Quickstop F1 area, they'll be able to meet with like young fans, black fans, people of color fans all over the world, no matter who they support. <laughs> we probably don't advertise that, but you know, no matter who they support and it, you know, it could be, and we can have like DJs and like, cocktails and drinks brands and all of those kind of things and 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 i think um that's i'd love to do stuff like that but in terms of what i guess how that ties in with liberty media i think that until i find it hard because i know the way that the sport is going uh, and I know what it needs to be more accessible. And yet, at the end of the day, it's too expensive. Formula One is too expensive. And so many people want to go to a race, right? And they can't. And I think what I think would be cool is, look, if they could do fan areas, for example, right? Where, you know, like in football, you have a, um, you have like fan, like fan parks where you can watch the match, right? You can still have that. I think if you can go to, a, if you can have like this really cheap, seat, uh, really cheap seat, which is not even a seat of the F1, but maybe you can go to the uh, fan park and watch it on a screen with other F1 fans and maybe like in between sessions or, uh, before sessions or whatever, you can still like go on the track or track tours or, or I don't know how they regulate that. Right. But I just think there needs to be other ways for someone to be able to access formula one. If they can't get a ticket. Now, obviously tickets have to be a certain price. They've got 
profit margins that they need to hit. They've got, um, you know, things, you know, it's going to be hard for cheap tickets to get cheaper, right? For every race, and especially new races like Miami, Vegas, all of them things, they're, they're, they're marketed at ballers, end of the day. Ballers, influencers, and, you know, there are cheap tickets, cheaper tickets, but, you know, they're, they're a bit more difficult to come by. Um, and especially, like, for younger fans, right? And I just think if we can get people to have the F1 experience, whilst not necessarily maybe, you know, obviously being able to get to the track, but just being in and around an F1. And obviously, I don't know how that, you know, that works out with you know space and everything, but I guess that's fan parks for me is probably what I would, what I would, what I would do. And, you know, it gives people the opportunity to go and, you know, maybe there's amenities that could be done from that and there's merch that can be sold from that. And, you know, that could be a profit running exercise. And I think maybe that's something, like I said, that I would love to do where it's like, right, could we just set up somewhere, which is maybe like outside, just outside the circuit? Or maybe, you know, maybe if it's within, like, do you know, like Silverstone, there's the camping areas, but you can go to the camping areas, but you don't necessarily, you don't have to have a ticket for that. I would love to do something like that where, look, just come. We don't have a ticket. You, you, know, you might not be able to go to a race, but at least you'll be able to meet up with people in real life. You'll be able to watch a race with other fans. And, you know, you can still then access the Silverstone Museum and, and all of those things, right? I think that would be really cool. So that's my idea. I'd love to make that a reality one day. And, you know, we're working towards that. Trust me. Like, it makes me mad, like, thinking, like, we've grown. We've not even done 50 episodes yet. And we have thousands of listeners every month. And um, that, you know, a lot of podcasts, you look at where they were, 50 episodes, they weren't as far as we are. So, you know, we've got a long way to go. But, you know, I just... Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. I don't know if that's answered that question, but hopefully that's a good question. All right, that's answered. So thank you, Farina. Uh, let's go to this question. Who is this? Ah, Keenan. Stony Hawk. Uh, at, at, at Stony Hawk, Toto's Wolf. What's your take on the mixed Ferrari agenda? I think some of you lot, again, absolutely bamboozled by this guy's good looks. I'm not having it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you know what? I think Mick is a good driver, right? If you look at Mick's junior category, he has always done well. He's done. He's had like a stabilizing season where he's learned, and then he's you know he went on to win the championship. Um, last year, I think he crashed too much. This year, I think he had another big crash. I think that it's a nice story. Jury's out for me, guys. I'm not going to lie. The jury's out. I just don't know. But I like him as a person. I think he's a great person. And he's a very handsome boy. But I need to see more, I think. And I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't think he deserves that seat over Carlos Sainz in a million years right now, to be honest. I think it's crazy that we've gone from Carlos Sainz is, is better than Charles Leclerc, people were saying last season because he got more points, to after three races, Carlos Sainz is not worthy of a two-year contract at Ferrari. That is insane. If you think... If, you, if, if Carlos Sainz is not ready for that number two seat at Ferrari... I I can't. There's no logic for saying Mick deserves to go there now. Mick should do his George Russell years at Haas. I don't know what the fucking rush is to get him into Ferrari because once he goes to Ferrari, it's downhill from there. There's nowhere else to go after Ferrari. So if he doesn't do well there, uh, it's just downhill from there. So why not? Just stay at Haas. Build Haas into a better team. And then when it is just like irrefutable that you need to go to Ferrari, go to Ferrari. All these shouts that he needs to go next season are mad. Incredible. 
he needs to score some points, bro. I'm sorry. Has Mick Schumacher got any championship points? Let me look this up. Hold on. Points. Uh, no, he doesn't even have any fucking points, guys. Like, let's small, 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 small things first. But look, as far as Aryan white boys go, very handsome boys. So, you know, beautiful gowns, but not yet. Not yet, guys. But big up Keenan. She was on our fan forum show. Her and Dens were the very good two guys who came on. Uh, right. At Umbrella Steward. Which question am I going to take? Uh, this is a good one. <laughs> okay, I've answered one of these questions before. So I'm going to go rank the F1 commentators. I'm presuming you mean like pundits, right? Because, well, commentators, who is there? There is Brundle, Crofty, Coulthard. Uh, uh, I can't remember the guy, Channel 4 guy. Let's, uh, Channel 4, F1. Alex Jacks. Uh, and then Palmer, Julian Palmer. And, uh, God, I can't remember his name now. BBC F1 commentator. Uh, why are they showing me Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen? Why? If I type in BBC One commentators, why are you giving me Formula One coverage on ITV? That's not even... Oh, Five Live is Five Live. Five Live commentators. Uh, this is not showing me anything either. fuck is going on here? Oh, my God. I just want... I just want to know what this white boy's name is. Jack Nichols. I just, I got to that myself, bruv. Right. I'm not even going to rank them. Now I've just done that because that takes it on. But I will rank the Sky. Let's rank the Sky F1 pundits, right? In reverse order. The worst. Is. You know what? It's not even PDR. You know what? It's not even PDR. I'm going to say Graham Hill. Worst. Because he's just... He, what his actions on Twitter? I like, Bro, you're literally a world champion. Why are you trolling on Twitter? Like, I, I just... Uh, you're tapped, bruv. Why are you doing that? So, no. Graham Hill. PDR. Natalie. Uh, Karun. I'm going to put Karun below Natalie. Then Natalie. Ah, Simon is in the middle because he is supposed to be neutral, but... Those bottom four are interchangeable, depending on who's annoying me at that point. So who's left? Uh, after Simon, I'm going to put Crofty. Then I'm going to put Jensen Button. Oh, no. No. Below Crofty, I'm going to put Ant. Then I'm going to put Crofty. Then I'm going to put Jensen Button. Then I'm going to put Johnny Herbert. Then I'm going to put Nico Rosberg and Martin Brundle first. And I'll, I, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about Brundle and... The more you know about F1... The more you last season was disappointing. I think what I'll say with Brandon is that for so long, I you know he was just like revered, right? He was just he was revered as this, and he is, you know, he is he's our Murray Walker basically, right? Uh, for a lot of people, 
when I first started watching Formula One, it was Murray Walker and Martin Brundle, and Martin Brundle had just started out. And he's kind of, you know, he does, he's, he did the grid walk and, you know, he done a lot, right? But uh, last season, he done a madness. I didn't like him consistently trying to, you know what? It just became obvious last year that he was a mouthpiece for the FIM for Sky, and basically he was taking the production notes too literally to hype up the championship, to hype up Max as this hyper-masculine, hyper-competitive challenger to Lewis. He could do no wrong. He's so aggressive. Lewis, you know, has to deal with the young Max contender, and, you know, it was just sad. It was sad to see someone who you had so much respect for shill this shit. Why are you shilling me shit? Don't shill me shit. I'm not here for the shit shilling. Please. So, I just don't, um, I just, yeah, not for me. Not for me. But I still think he's the best pundit because he's the best at describing when he's not being biased, driving, uh, etiquette. He's the best at breaking down technical things. Holy smokes. Ted Kravitz, number one. I completely forgot about Ted Kravitz. Of course. Ted Kravitz is the best Sky Sports pundit by a country mile. It's like Ted Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Mine, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Um, the rest, like, by far, by far. Um, so yeah, my man, Ted Kravitz is greatest. If it wasn't for Ted Kravitz, the Sky Front product would be so much weaker. And it says everything about Sky Sports that they had Ted Kravitz, and they saw how popular Ted Kravitz was. They saw how good Ted Kravitz was and they tried to X him out for Karun. Sense. Locate sense. Because there's none in your brain. I'm opening up your brain and your brain is just hollow. Hollow brains. Right, let's rattle through the rest of these questions. I've been going for an hour. Do you know how mad that is? Eli44 uh, at TLHXATZ. Favorite race of all time. Ooh. I don't know. My favorite race of all time is. My favorite race of all time is. Um, uh, I really like Germany 2018 um, when Lewis started 14th and then kind of came back and, uh, you know, Vettel kind of ran off and uh, he won in the end. I think that was really cool. Um, I really like one of the US races where... It's hard. Monza 2018. I love Monza 2018 as well. I think I have a really big love for the 2018 season. But my ultimate favorite Lewis Hamilton race is I don't know. It's too many to choose. There's too many to choose. Silverstone 2020. I mean, there's just too many. Silverstone 2021. There's too many to choose. There's too many to choose. I can't. It's not my favorite. It's like, what's your favorite kid? I don't have kids though. So, okay. Last question. Uh, I like this question. I'm glad this is the last one. If I could get any choice of job in F1, what, do, what would it be? I want to work for Quicksop F1 for the rest of my life. I never, like, if, let me tell you now, guys, if you see us, on someone else's platform, just know they paid us a fuckload of money. I would rather just 
build Quickstop F1 into its own thing and work for myself and be able to go to races and make content at races and have fan. Like it just, I'm just imagining these fan parks is just making me like someone's going to steal this idea. But like, I'm just imagining, and they, you know what? I'm actually so stupid because they blatantly have these already. Don't they? I'm just like, Hey, what about, what about if you have like a, a TV, uh, a big screen TV outside the F1 race and when people can like watch it and stuff like, I, yeah, they probably already have that. I want a black as fuck one. Okay. That's what I want. If it's there, I want one that is black as fuck basically. And I just want to be black as fuck and I want to be proud to serve you guys at home. You know, sometimes I wake up and it's hard to get out of bed because I am sad and um um and you have like uh voices saying you know not nice things and you kind of shake that off and you get out of bed and you you know you go about your day and you the the thing that helps me get through the day. And the thing that keeps me motivated is just the incredible community that we have. And, you know, I'm just so proud of this community and I'm so proud of this podcast. And without you guys, my life would be a lot more empty. And um, I'm just uh, so grateful to have you all in, in in our lives and for the interaction you give us and, you know, you know, I've never been disrespected by so many people on a daily basis. I'm not even that old. Everyone's calling me uncle. Mad. But um, I love it. And um, it, it just really helps with just making the world a, a lighter place. And we, I think we all help do that with each other. And I think that's cool. And I think we should be nice to each other as much as possible. You know, because we're all we have at the end of the day. Like, you know, and of course, you know, we might annoy each other and we might piss each other off and whatever. But family does that. Family pisses each other off. Sometimes family says stupid things. Sometimes family does stupid things. But at the end of the day, you know, we're all at the core of it, nice people who just want to get through this absolute shit show of a sport together. And hopefully we do that. So my dream job would be to sit here on this microphone, or hopefully a better one, <laughs> and just talk to you guys about F1 for the rest of my life. And that's it. So thank you. I've been talking on my own for 56 minutes. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this. If you've got this far, you're glutton for punishment. So I appreciate that. <laughs> you're already liked and subscribed. I know that you are. But if you ha- if you haven't, make sure you like and subscribe. Like, uh, it's a dream come true to be able to do this. It really is. I get emotional because it's like, it's crazy getting to do your dream job. And it's not even my job yet, but the thought of it being my dream job is just incredible. So thank you so much, guys, for me and Tandy, because you probably hear from me a lot more than you hear from Tandy. And that's not because Tandy doesn't want to talk to you or because I want to drown her out. It's just, um, that's just how it is. Because when she talks, she's not a woman of many words, but when she does talk, she has some things to say. So, uh, but from both of us, we're so grateful for you all. Um, so thank you so much. This has been awesome. Round of applause to me. Come on. Thank you so much. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, you want to go louder? Sure. Um, turn off. No? Okay. No, I press the one button. Thank you so much, guys. My name's Binyasha. Make sure you take care of yourself and the ones around you. I will see you after the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. Toodle bip! Goodbye! (laughs) 
Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. What's going on, everybody? This is Tristan Mack Wilds, one third of Guys Next Door. And if you are hearing my voice, maybe you should be listening to Guys Next Door. If you ever wanted to get into the mindset of the young black millennial man, all of the things that we go through, love, sex, relationships, uh, financials, technology, mental health, and everything that lies in between, this show is for you. Now, I don't know what you guys are doing. I know you guys are probably listening to a really, really nice podcast, but make sure you guys go subscribe right now to Guys Next Door, and we'll see you guys in the neighborhood. Peace. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.